0: Oh Amen. If I can encourage you to uh, take a seat, we're going to look at Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. And I don't know about you, but you might have heard that the reading was going to be the armor of God and thought, I know this. You know, it's such a familiar passage. In fact, actually, we had an all-age service uh, about the armour of God, less than really a couple of months ago, when we were still online, we had a, a service looking at this passage. Uh, it may be really familiar to you, and so familiar to you uh, as, as is uh, perhaps familiar to me as well. That even when Rick asked me earlier in the week, I thought I knew what I was going to preach on when I saw this passage, because it's yeah, you know, I know this passage well. You know the classic thing of looking at the different aspects of the armour, looking at the importance of, of unity in prayer and community prayer and praying together is a really significant theme that comes from this passage. We, we know it well. I remember when I uh, studied this passage uh, in my first degree for my uh, dissertation. I don't know why I took it on, but I decided to anyway. Uh, but as I did, one thing that really struck me is when you look at the armor of God, when you look at everything about it, the one thing that's not covered is your back. Uh, and so that kind of sense and that need for community and looking out for one another uh, in, in life but also in specific, specifically in prayer and the importance of corporate prayer and praying together and being together to pray uh, cl- comes through in this passage and, and Jesus is talking well Paul is talking here very clearly uh, about the spiritual battle that we're in. we 're in we know the passage we know that we look around us that the world is a, a challenge it 's difficult it 's hard to live in, and we need God's presence with us, we need Him to be with us. Uh, we know that Jesus came to fight that battle on our behalf, that when He uh, defeated sin on the cross and he defeated death at the resurrection, that in between that He descended into hell to win the battle for our souls, so that we can be uh, united with God through Christ. All these things we know, and we know that at its heart and at the root of this passage, it is about prayer. Paul is talking about the armor of God in the context of prayer. He's already talked about prayer before it. He's talking about the need to have the armor of God whenever we pray. Because although Jesus has won the battle for our souls, the battle for our minds is very much still raging, I'm sure you know. If you've ever been tempted uh, to think badly during prayer, you know that battle for your mind is a constant, constant thing. Maybe you've given up praying for something. Maybe you feel that your prayers aren't worthy. Maybe you think God wouldn't listen to your prayers. Maybe you think your prayers don't matter. Maybe you think that what you're praying for is just too little to bother God with. Maybe when you pray, uh, you're just not really sure where to start or how to begin. I just wonder, if I was to say right now, we're going to stop here and we're going to pray for Afghanistan, what goes on in your heart? Is part of you thinking, oh, I've tried it and it's not working? (laughs) Is part of you thinking, well, will my prayers even make a difference? Where do we even begin? I don't even know what to pray, how to pray. Where do I even start in praying for something that has such magnitude and such significance? When thinking about my brothers and sisters around the world, and you may think, I just can't, so I won't. But that's the battle of the mind that goes on when we pray. And that's when, if you've had a week struggling to know how to pray for Afghanistan... We're here together to do it together now and cover each other's backs and say, let's pray for the backs of our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering because of their faith in the gospel. So we're going to do that now before I talk about what I'm actually going to talk about, because that's all the sermon that I'm not going to preach. (laughs) Um, So the sermon I'm going to preach is about, I think, because it's so centrally about praying together, it's so centrally about covering each other's backs in prayer, that we need to cover the backs of our brothers and sisters in prayer right now. And we're going to do it in a way that's not natural and not comfortable to us. We're just going to pray out together. Uh, we're just going to pray all as one voice. Uh, and if you don't know what to pray, do you know what? The Spirit's already interceding on the behalf of Afghanistan. And you can just join in with your yes and amen. Uh, just pray in tongues if that's your thing. Don't worry if it's not. But just really, just, just pray out. And even if all you can pray is, Lord, I pray for Afghanistan, that's enough. You know, just pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for that nation. Pray for what's going on there. Uh, I don't really, we're just going to do a countdown and just pray. Let's just do it that way, shall we? Uh, just, I know it's random and whatever, but let's just, want, uh, let's just pray for Afghanistan in one, two, three. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence, your peace, your mercy, your grace. We believe you are the God who can save. We believe that you can heal. We believe you can restore. We believe you can redeem. We believe you're the God of miracles and we pray for breakthrough for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray for healing. We pray for reconciliation. We pray for miracle upon miracle upon miracle. We pray for lives to be changed, lives to be saved. We pray, God, for our brothers and sisters. We cover their backs now in the name of Jesus, we know that you're fighting on their behalf, we know the battle is raging, but you are the victor, we know that you are champion, that you are saviour, that you are Lord and so we come together as your people and we pray, Holy Spirit breakthrough, breakthrough Jesus, we pray for breakthrough we pray for healing reconciliation Jesus, Jesus we pray Lord Jesus we pray God Shikara Makara Shikara. Sikara, 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 just as you continue to pray, just keep praying. I'm just uh, sensing in the spirit that God is saying that when we pray in the spiritual realm, we have no idea what battles are being won, that we don't see the battles that are being won, that we may look at the news and see the battles that are being lost, but we don't know the battles that are being won as a result of our prayer here this morning. As we pray out, as we cry out, we don't know the results, but God does. He is sovereign. He is Lord. Yes. Battle is yours god And so for the nation of Afghanistan, for its people, we pray, Lord, have mercy. Amen. So that's the sermon I'm not preaching this morning. Um, Although significant and important it is to know that the armour of God is a really significant for us to be aware of that we do need uh god's presence in our lives that we need the helmet of salvation all those things actually if you if you want to know more about what each of those things mean then find the online service where we did it a couple of weeks ago a few months ago uh there's a beautiful sort of unpacking of the the different elements of the armor of god in that so i'm not going to go through exegetically and look at each individual element because i'm sure you've heard that sermon a thousand times before which is what I thought I was going to do until I was reading the passage again uh, and reflecting on it, uh, having reflected on it a lot in my life and and even just a a few weeks ago at church from the sofa we reflected on this passage as well Uh, but even so when I approached it afresh I I just saw something that I think really I'd I'd never seen before or certainly I'd probably noticed but not really uh, taken notice of if that makes sense sometimes you notice something but you don't take notice of it and uh, i don't know about you but when i read this passage i get to um verse 18 and i think god this is this is great stuff paul this is brilliant and i pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert always keep on praying for the saints i i read all of that and the context of the armor of god and think this is brilliant and then i get to verse 19 where it says pray also for me and i think oh this bit's personal to paul now yeah, paul's just now he's he's going personal here he's he's given his message he's given his exegesis he's given his his message to the people of ephesus and now he's getting personal and he's asking very personally for the people of ephesus to pray for him and i don't know about you but because it seems personal to paul it's not so much that i skip over it but i kind of think well okay that's for paul and it's good that we've got it because it gives us a picture of who Paul's in and the circumstances that he's facing. But there was something about it that just struck me so powerfully this week in the light of a context that I was in earlier this week as well. And I hope that will make sense as we come to it. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel the mystery of the gospel the good news of jesus christ which has been revealed to us by the spirit of god in order that we may receive and respond and give our lives to jesus is a deep and profound mystery So if any of you are here this morning and you're feeling that your evangelistic life of telling others about Jesus has been a failure, I'm here to tell you the gospel is a mystery. And any notion that we can reduce it down to a 10-minute conversation with someone on the streets or a 20-minute talk on a stage is in danger of reducing the gospel down to far less than it should be. It is a profound and a deep and an absolute mystery that takes a lifetime of discovery. Now, I'm not knocking evangelism. We'll come to that in a minute, don't worry, (laughs) in case you're worried. There's nothing to be fearful of. We do tell people about Jesus. And there is significance in that. There is significance in lives that have been changed through those events. But there is something about what Paul prays here that I think is really significant for us to understand today. You see, when we read the sermons in Acts of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, what we see in there is a glimpse of what's being preached we don't get the full speech. We get elements of the speech that just declaring part of who Jesus is as Peter perhaps stands up to give a defense for his faith, which we should always be prepared to do, uh, as it says in Timothy. And he is declaring uh, the truth of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And it is great and it has an impact and lives are changed because the Spirit of God is there revealing the mystery to those who are hearing its words. You see, this is what I mean about evangelism and uh, sort of trying to reduce it down. 20 minutes on stage preaching the gospel won't necessarily get any results. 20 minutes preaching on a stage the gospel where the Holy Spirit is present, things will be very different. Because it's He who reveals the mystery to those who hear. Because it is a profound mystery. And so Paul is asking his church that whenever he speaks, whenever he opens his mouth, that words may be given to him so that he may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And I, for one, am glad it's a mystery. Because it means that there's always more to be discovered. There's always more to be understood of who Jesus is. That there's always more of him to be found when we're searching. There's always more of him to be discovered when we're looking. There's always more of him to be revealed to us, no matter how long we've known him. We're always getting to know him better. I love that about Jesus. I love that about the good news of Jesus. Now, you're probably, some of you, I'm sure, sat here this morning, have been a Christian maybe for many, many years, and you still know you don't fully understand the gospel, because it is a mystery. Paul himself, uh, in one of my favorite stories in the Bible, in Acts, is preaching the good news of Jesus all night And there's somebody there who's leaning against a window and Paul is preaching for so long he falls asleep, falls out of the window and dies. Paul goes down the stairs. He accompanies the gospel with a miraculous sign by praying for the guy to raise from the dead. He raises from the dead. He goes back upstairs and Paul continues preaching. It's a mystery that cannot just be summed up. John himself, the writer of the gospel, says if we were to write down everything that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to say of what he's done. And every time somebody says yes to Jesus as a result of hearing either part or all of the good news of Jesus, we need to remember There is no greater miracle in this world. No healing, no miraculous provision is greater than somebody's eyes and hearts being opened to the mystery of the gospel, to the point at which they give it their yes and their amen. We cannot sum up the gospel. If you tried, you can, in a way, sum it up in three words. Those three words being, Jesus is Lord. But what does that mean? What does it mean? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean about God's word? What does that mean about who Jesus says he is? What does that mean about everything that Jesus did? What does Jesus is Lord mean about the role of Jerusalem? What does it mean about the role of Israel? What does it mean about the role of the Old Testament? What does Jesus is Lord mean about what Jesus did when he was here? What does Jesus is Lord mean about every miracle he performed, every word he spoke? What does Jesus is Lord mean to the church? What does it mean to my response to him? What does it mean to how I live my life? My life? What does it mean to the decisions I make every day? What does it mean to how I view this and view that? What does it mean in light of the things that Davina was preaching about last week? What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord of your life today, right now? That's a lifetime of discovery. Because it's a mystery. A profound and deep and beautiful and glorious and gorgeous mystery. And so, when I'm with somebody on the streets and maybe trying to talk to them about Jesus, I can only hope to give them enough of a glimpse of the mystery of the gospel that they want to know more of Jesus. And I pray, as Paul does, that when that happens, the Spirit of God will give me the words I need for that moment, in that time, in that space, for that person. And where I say this ties in with something, an experience I had this week, this is that experience. And hopefully it will make sense. Uh, I've been suffering a little bit from a bit of a bad back, and so I went to see an osteopath the other day, uh, one I've never met before, one I've never seen before. And 10 minutes into our 45 minute appointment, he turns, he finds, obviously, finds out my vicar quite early on, and he asked me this question Have you preached any good sermons lately? Now, that's a horribly loaded question. <laughs> How do you answer that without being, you know, either very arrogant or, you know, well, I, I don't really know. Uh, but I basically just decided to, to tell him that, you know, we've been discovering that the gospel is so much more than we thought it was, and and actually that, um, you know, Jesus did come and die for our sins, but also we need to bear in mind the resurrection and what difference that makes to our lives. That the gospel is so much more. That it started with Genesis chapter one. All this conversation is going on. He's listening. He is a lapsed creator. He has had faith in the past, but has clearly walked away from it. And then I'm talking about the fact that Jesus came that we may have life and life in all its fullness and then he stops me and he said I've got goosebumps because I think I've got it wrong all this time and then it gets to the end of the appointment and he says about my back I think I need to see you again because osteopaths always say that (laughs) (laughs) I think I need to see you again and I walked out thinking I need to see you again because if you're going to hear the gospel I need to see you as much as I can possibly see you because I can't sum it up in 20 minute appointment. This is a mystery that I want you to understand. It's the same with, as I said, like at St. Mark's uh, at the school, you know, the reason we had 28 children come to Jesus a couple of years ago is because for two and a half years they heard about Jesus and they fell in love with him. Not because of a one-off gospel sermon, The mystery of the gospel is revealed to them over week after week after week after week and it gets to that point of invitation and they're so in love with Jesus they can't resist him. That's evangelism. You see, preaching the gospel in 20 minutes will get you a room full of converts. It won't make disciples. Because discipleship is that lifelong journey of unpacking and understanding and believing in and walking in the journey of this mystery. And it takes a lifetime. You don't graduate as a disciple by finishing the Alpha course. You don't graduate as a disciple by being baptized. More on that in a minute. It's about a life of discovering this beautiful, profound mystery. And if you want other people to understand this mystery, you're going to need his help to proclaim it. And you need to remove that expectation of yourself that's either been put on you by yourself or by other people that you can do it in 20 minutes. Because without a miracle, you can't. Our aim and our hope is to reveal as much of Jesus as we can in whatever time we have with the person in front of us. It's taking me a lifetime to discover this. This gospel, this beautiful, rich, beautiful gospel. And I want to pray like Paul that whenever I do get an opportunity, whether I have five minutes, five hours, five weeks, five years, five decades sharing the good news of Jesus, that whenever I do, he will give me the words so that I may fearlessly make known as much of the mystery of the gospel as I can and trust him to do the rest. If you read a murder mystery book, from page one, there's only one person who knows the end of that book the one who wrote it in theory probably the editors and proofreaders and everything but that's you know imagine imagine the proofreader is the first person to read it the only person who knows the true answer to that mystery is the one who wrote it our life journey is about getting to know the author of the greatest mystery of all and he will reveal what he wants to reveal as we journey through this life with him and we need to constantly, uh, I can't remember if it's Spurgeon who said it, or maybe Tozer, somebody said that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. Constantly reminding ourselves of the mystery of the gospel, that Jesus is Lord. And then discovering what that means every day in our lives, that Jesus is Lord. I, for one, want to be someone who fulfills the commandment of making disciples, not converts. And I know that if we're going to do that, then we need to begin to understand more this mystery for ourselves. We need to preach it to ourselves daily. We need to remove any expectation that others have put on us, but not let go of the fact we have a call to tell people about Jesus. Not let go of the fact that we have a call to always give a reason for the faith and the hope that we have. We hold on to those things. We take every opportunity that God gives us. But when we do, we make this prayer of Paul that is a personal prayer of Paul. But we can make it our own as well. That equipped with the armor of God being aware of the battle for people's souls that is raging and the battle for our minds that is raging, that we can ask our brothers and sisters in this room to pray for us that whenever we open our mouths, words may be given to us so that we will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And then Paul goes on to say, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. You see, Paul is asking for wisdom to preach the gospel to guards and prisoners who he's seeing every single day. And he has an incredible opportunity, but he knows he can't do it without boldness without fearlessness because it is a mystery and we need the author to reveal that mystery to us and to those who hear it from us. I want you to think for a moment of those who have revealed that mystery to you in your life. Maybe for you it was A Billy Graham on stage in 20 minutes, and it opened your eyes to something you'd never seen before. And you gave Jesus your yes and your amen. And since then, you know you've been discovering more of the gospel. Maybe it's a faithful parent or grandparent who's told you about Jesus all through your life. Maybe it's a teacher, a church leader. Maybe it's a complete random stranger on the streets who boldly stepped out and told you as much about Jesus as they could in a few moments. And by the miracle of the Holy Spirit in you, the mystery was partly revealed to you. Let's thank God for those people. Let's thank God for those who have fearlessly made known the mystery of the gospel to us. Let's give thanks for the Holy Spirit who is continuing to do that today. And then let's think of the people we know and love who don't yet know this mystery. And let's ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. Let's ask one another to pray for us that we may have that boldness. And let's think of our own understanding of that mystery. What more is there yet for you to discover today? What is there of Jesus you've not yet found however long you've known him? What new things of his good news is he wanting to reveal to you today? And the words I've just got really are the words profound and beautiful mystery. It's not a bad thing that the gospel is a mystery. It's profound and it's beautiful that the gospel is a mystery because in order to understand it, we rely on the author of it fully. And so we surrender to you again, God. We surrender to your spirit's work in our life again and we say, come and have your way. Reveal more of this mystery to us. Excite us with it. Enliven us with it. Encourage us with it. Empower us with it. Heal us through it. Restore us with it. Unite us in it. And give us boldness to proclaim it. And may we know in our lives... And discover more what it means in our lives to know that Jesus is Lord. As I was preparing for this morning, I just... I guess kind of was hoping, praying I don't know what it is that maybe some people would just be relieved of a pressure that they've put on themselves or that others have put on them when it comes to sharing this mystery and the Holy Spirit just wanting to to say that he's done more through you than you know there's a a kind of a work behind the scenes that he's been doing that you've not been aware of as you've been trying to share this mystery with others. I just think the theme of this morning has been uh, the God who's working behind the scenes. You know, the God who's fighting this battle on our behalf, the God who is at work in people's lives in ways unseen, who's answering prayers that we don't know are being answered, who's winning battles we don't know are being won. And here's one of the most profound mysteries. The God of the universe, who made everything, Who is Lord of all and sovereign over all, chose you and chose me. I don't think I'll ever understand that, but I'm so glad he did. And I thank you, God, that we don't have to fully understand in order to receive or to share we share what we know and entrust the rest to you in Jesus name amen um well, i th- I, th- I do think it's important to qualify something that i'm not um saying anything negative about uh street preachers or people who preach the gospel on stages because I believe God is at work and doing amazing things through those who faithfully do preach the gospel. And I'm someone who's always sought to do it at every opportunity myself as well. Uh, But what I really just want to highlight is that actually the role of the Spirit in that mystery and in that miracle, Um, that I want no one in here to ever be the kind of person who feels that they ever have to do evangelism without him um, or without one another. Um, and without the support of one another and the encouragement of one another Uh, and also if you came to faith as a result of someone preaching the gospel then praise Jesus for what he's doing in your life and and what you're learning about him